Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a driver reach and freight waves production. I'm Leah Shaver, President and CEO of the National Transportation Institute. In Jeremy's absence, I'm excited to be back with you to host another recruiting leader on the podcast today. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. Your feedback is very important to us and your kind reviews keep us on the hunt for more great talent to put in front of you. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you are using to listen. Today, I am thrilled to be talking with Camille Gaines, founder, president, and CEO of Rig on Wheels, a third-party driver recruiting firm and a fellow expert in the field of driver recruiting and retention. Camille, I am excited to talk to you. I'm looking forward to our conversation and to sharing it with our audience. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Leah. Thank you so much. My plan for us is pretty big. It's to learn about what you've observed in motor carriers' approach to driver recruiting and retention in the current market, how communication plays such a vital role in all aspects of running a thriving business, how we can all strive for that work-life balance that we desire in our career, And maybe most importantly, your work and insights on how we as an industry can recruit more younger folks, more women into the trucking industry. So let's get this party started, shall we? Yes, we shall. That's the line. That's excellent. I'd like to introduce you to our viewers and listeners, Camille. Like so many of us, you didn't necessarily seek out a career in trucking, but you landed here and found a home in the industry. I find your story interesting because you worked in sales before you became a recruiter in trucking. And I often note the overlap between sales and recruiting roles because frankly, recruiting has entirely become full-time sales and marketing departments for fleets. So give us the quick cliff notes on how you started your career, how it led to you founding and running your successful business. Well, I've been in sales forever. I'm not going to say how far back because that'll age me, but I am kind of like middle age now. But yes, I've been in sales forever in sales and recruiting. That's all I've ever done, to be honest with you. And got laid off uh, many years ago now. And coming up on 14 years is in January. I started Rig on Wheels in my living room as the solar, the only recruiting person, the only marketing a uh, person for Rig on Wheels. And that's literally where it started and started building from there. I started in Chicago, um, was a national recruiter, so recruited for all lower 48, moved to Houston now nine years ago, just made nine years in Houston last month and started scaling, scaling from there. <laughs> Well, give us a quick overview on your company, Rig on Wheels. What do you do? Who do you work with? You don't have to drop the names, but you know, you get it. Um, Who are you recruiting for? What's your day-to-day, the week-to-week, your staff, et cetera? Introduce us to your company. Okay. So we have, uh, like you said, we're third-party recruiters. We have a marketing side and a sales and recruitment side. So we are third-party. We do have where it's, some of the recruiters are, which is, like uh, almost like rent a recruiter. So where we might have some small carriers where we are their recruiter, right? And they might process the applications, but they don't have their own recruiter, if you will. 
Um, and then we have med and mega companies where we source the applications. They have the internal recruiters. Um, it's like that. We have a global recruitment team where we only serve the American market. So all of the recruiters uh, source, uh, call, email, text American uh, truck drivers or necessarily American truck drivers, but truck drivers in America is a better way to say it. Um, and we get the application and send them over to the company. So that's that's what we do on a day-to-day basis. Excellent. So full-time recruiting department. Yeah, um, full-time. You know, it's interesting. We We know that market dynamics that affect motor carriers have changed. And of course, those changes have an impact on the hiring and recruiting needs at the fleet. In working with your fleet customers, I'm curious what you've observed and experienced over the recent past, say in the last couple of years. For example, you mentioned to me that companies have been tightening up their brand image and elevating experience requirements. We certainly see this on the driver's side. There's a lot of feedback coming from especially inexperienced drivers, which we report to the industry uh, come in at three to one to experienced drivers. So some have paused or ended training programs. Share your thoughts on what's happening, how this might have longer term impacts on fleet hiring and retention goals. There are pros and cons to everything. Um, so it just kind of depends on what side of the fence you're on. But overall, I am liking what I'm saying because it's forcing our industry to make us be professional drivers, making our drivers be professional drivers, making people understand that being a truck driver, you have to be a professional and everything that comes along with it. When you go to the yard, when you go to a shipper, the first person that represents ABC Trucking Company, if you would, is the truck driver. So they have a responsibility to that company. They represent that company. That is the eyes and ears for the company. So the communication needs to be tight. Um, So the companies are rebranding themselves. They need to make sure that who represents them represents them well because it's building relationships. Building relationships is all about communication. It begins and ends there. How does that driver communicate? He wants, the, the company wants a driver that communicates well, that's going to treat the dock worker well, that's going to treat um, the person that they when they have to go in and use the restaurant, going to treat that person well. Just all the way when they are back in the truck, up, it, it's just so many people that they have to talk to and come in contact with. Um, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. It's so many different things that we hear on the telephone now that is so different. Um, and we heard maybe, maybe a couple of years ago and it's very refreshing. I definitely could say that as a recruiter. Um, and so I think now dry, uh, companies for lack of better word are taking advantage of it in a good way and rebranding themselves, getting tougher on the requirements because they don't want to lose their shippers. They don't want to lose their shippers. (laughs) Well, it sounds like they've elevated the conversation and I want to stick with communication for one more beat. 
when you and I spoke a few weeks ago, we talked a lot about communication, but also between um, you and your customers, not just your customers and their drivers. So let's let's stick with communication, you and your customers, uh, you and your employees and between fleets and drivers. Um, in terms of the importance of communication, what does it look like for a carrier to have effective communication with you? And and why is that relevant in the in the conversation related to providing third party recruiting services? Well, when we are, first of all, we need to know the requirements. When you change the requirements, it's important because we are the face of your company as well. So when we are communicating, it's important that we're echoing the same exact thing that you're saying. Um, at Rig on Wheels, once we are taking the application and submitting it into your company, after that, we email the driver a summary of what we talked about, about the ABC company. So if they get over to your company and it's something else, then that immediately makes the driver say they don't know. They're not sure about your company. That's a communication breakdown right there. Also, it's important that your internal staff, your internal recruiters, processors, or whatever are communicating back with us and vice versa, it's a partnership. Your third-party recruiter does a different job than your internal recruiter. So it's important that both recruiters understand that it's a partnership and not a competition. So that is where us as the owners or C-suites, whatever you want to call us, have a communication with each other and we communicate that to our staff. That's important because the ultimate customer at that point is going to be the driver. And the driver deserves to be taken care of because then the driver takes care of, you know, your customer. So it all is a trickle down effect. So that's the way that happens. Um, and then the communication you were asking between me and my staff, correct? How yep. do I do that? In general, right? it's very important to you. Okay, it's very important. So, because I have a global team um, out of the country as well as in America, and I keep it uniform, right? Every day we have meetings, and it's done on Google Meet. So it doesn't matter if they're in the office in America or if they're at their house in America or if they're in uh, one of the other countries. We definitely have it right here. It doesn't matter what the time zone is because everybody works off So if they're in Canada and it's Eastern time, we still have it at 8.45. Um, well, right now it's 8.45 because now school is back in, so we adjust times based off school being back in versus during the summer, it's 8.15 <laughs> um, because of that. But uh, we do that because I, it's very important Um for us to control the controllable. So much stuff happens in trucking. And then in the third party world, I feel like we could just throw a hundred more things in an hour that can happen. But what we can control at rig on wheel, we try to control. And that is the communication. And we do Google Meet meetings every day. Um, so it's as if you have your meeting in a regular office. So even if Rachel is in the main recruiting hub, if you would say right outside the office right there, 
It doesn't matter. We always get on a Google Meet as a team. All of us. We're obviously kindred spirits in terms of our background in, in recruiting because I had a couple of sayings, more than a couple, but um, the ones that, that strike me in terms of what you're discussing here is, um, I always said communication is the beginning of an understanding. And for the most part, when there was a lack of understanding, there was probably a lack of communication. And uh, the other thing that we really focused on was focus on what you can control. So you've mentioned both of those philosophies essentially and um, obviously there was a reason when we were introduced, they thought we'd have stuff in common. Well, another topic I wanna to touch on is our industry reaching younger generations and promoting the value of trucking careers, um, specifically to millennials and Gen Z. It's a big topic that we spend a lot of time talking about on the show. You pointed out recently that college loan debt has been and continues to be a drag on people's finances and that can last for decades, something you can certainly speak to. I believe you have three kids um, (laughs) about that age. You have personal experience with that. So um, as we know, young people looking for a career are trying to avoid the burden of student loans and to be able to start earning quickly. And trucking is, of course, fantastic for that. I'd also argue that there's similar reasons that trucking is a fantastic career choice for women of all ages, not just later in life. So share your ideas and thoughts on how we can be promoting that messaging to younger uh, people in general and, of course, to women to attract them into our industry. Maybe you have some specific examples that you do this with your marketing efforts. Yeah, you know what? It's so funny. My niece, I'm watching TV yesterday, last night, you know, just crying, watching TV. And my niece started texting me about student loans. I said, well, why would she do such a thing? But she was asking me all of these questions. And I was like, and, but I think it starts out with what's your passion? First of all, it's very few passions that then we can't relate back into our industry and trucking because we need all of it, right? Um, And I really and truly believe that if you find out what your passion is and what the younger people's passions are, and then related back to trucking, so they can come and help us with their passion, bring their young minds and their vision, um, help us solve problems. Because there are a lot of things that they can do. So whether it be behind the wheel, whether it be the self-driving trucks, whether it be with the marketing, whether it be, it's so much technology that is needed. But in our industry, there's a lot of ways that they can help. And it isn't just one way. So if they decide to still in needing and not that I'm pushing away from going to college but what I want them to do is know what they're going to college for or have some sense of idea and have a passion behind it so they have a direction and not get out of school be in all of this debt and still have no idea times have changed so I want them to educate their passion versus get out of school and then have kind of like maybe we did or something like that. So that's that's kind of where I want us to do and how I want us to connect uh, with younger people and women 
um, is definitely what's what's your passion? Literally, what's your passion? Well, let's stick with the theme of expanding trucking's reach and our umbrella as an industry. You are a member of a few associations that promote diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts in the trucking industry. In fact, I believe you're even on the DEI committees for a couple of them. So tell us about your efforts, your goals, um, the work that the associations do that inspires you to contribute more and how others can get involved. Yeah, but the Transportation Marketing and Sales Association, we are definitely just trying to promote and see how we can help other uh, corporations share, broaden the reach, teach, um, because it just it's more than skin deep. So much dives into the diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, you would be so surprised what is diverse. You know, we sit there and we sit down as a group and we talk about it and then we find out something else that is considered diverse and we're like, oh my goodness. So what I like to see is other people just get involved. You know, get involved so we can have a better a better understanding. Um, so more people can feel comfortable. Feel comfortable um, and that'll help bring other people into the industry. African-American women in trucking, and it's another one that I'm involved with for same reason. Um, and of course, Women in Trucking Association, you and I yes. are are both on both a panel about um, <laughs> something that we are challenged with every day and of course are focused on sharing with our team, which is that work-life balance. And there's so much that goes into that from um, not just on the personal side, but certainly that that's impacted, but also in terms of our business, in terms of boundaries, and in terms of, of working with our employees and customers alike. So um, all, all great organizations. Um, it's time for our Deeper Dive segment where we ask an audience-submitted question. And I love this question. Uh, our company continues to be a remote forward company, which I truly appreciate in trying to balance my work priorities and my home priorities. As a working parent, having the flexibility in the day to both accomplish my work duties and still shuttle my kids to and from school, to practice, to, to cook dinner, et cetera, it really means a lot. And I'm grateful that my company recognizes that. Since your company is also remote, you work with both employees and clients across time zones, across continents. What are your best practices and recommendations for communicating remotely, for keeping your team motivated and engaged, especially right now? and for thriving as a working parent while also successfully running your business. I want to put your expertise to use, Camille. Schedules. First, schedule in the time for yourself. I didn't see that growing up with my mom. So I made that be a priority for me to do. And I'm not going to say it's easy um, because as a single parent, a lot of times I feel guilty doing it, but I also remember I put my kid hat on and I remember how I wish my mom not the opposite. So first look at your schedule and block out time for yourself because your it's important for your kid to see that. So that's what I feel first. And that's also what I tell my 
team. We work hard. Definitely appreciate my team wholeheartedly um, because that's very important and I definitely demand that we work hard. But before anything else, we put down the time on our schedule for ourselves. And I always tell that story about how I put my kid hat back on and I never remember. My mom never did that. She never took time for herself. I'm I'm taking notes myself um, personally, so thank you. Um, beyond simply making trucking and driving careers specifically seeming attractive to younger people, there's also a conundrum that I've recognized over the past few years. Once younger people join our industry, they're often being trained by or having to, to work very closely with baby boomers or older Gen Xers, um, particularly in the very early yet very critical days of their trucking careers. And um, this, I, this came to my mind also in speaking to a large group of shippers recently that, in fact, uh, there's oftentimes boomers behind the wheel being managed by younger folks uh, that are not behind the wheel of the truck, but they're actually behind the computer, right? Managing them in, in terms of uh, their, their daily routines. So for a myriad of reasons, boomers and millennials, and especially boomers and Gen Z, don't always sync up well. They communicate differently. They have disparate interests and ideas about their careers and just life in general. Um, I'm sure you hear this often. You know, what are they thinking? How can we, how can we get past that? So often the communication gap leads to problems, hostility, concern, doubt in the overall working relationship. And it can often mean that younger people don't get the training they need don't stick with it long enough to transition and vice versa again if they're if it's a, an older person being managed by a younger one so what are your thoughts on this how can carriers as the employers and facilitators of early training manage that gap in in communication across the generations literally address it you have to address the elephant in the room we we have that i i have a recruiter that's literally about to turn 20 my daughter also works for the company she just turned 20 I'm middle-aged. That's sometimes I don't know what they're talking about. You know, I'm like, what, what, what kind of, what language are you guys speaking? You know, so after they talk about me and everything, we literally have a conversation and I tell them, I don't understand you. Speak the way I would speak, you know, and after they make all of the old people jokes and everything, then they literally do it but then they say and they they also say things like you know they appreciate that they are able to have conversations with their professors so if you literally just we didn't understand our parents made fun of our music right our parents, my mother, still, my mother still makes fun of me, right? My mother's 87 years old. So address it. Don't be afraid to address it. They speak a different language. Now that we understand that, sit down and actually have a conversation. You know it's going to be a problem. Stop being afraid that it's going to be a problem. And just have a conversation after that. I, I don't believe in tiptoeing around everything because that then allows 
too much water cooler talk. And then you're not able to take care of the thing, your internal customers, then your external customers. Then you have a lot of retention issues within your company. So I believe in just literally hitting it head on. So you could just figure it out. And everybody, you know, going about, you know that they're younger, you're much older. And as long as everybody respects each other, that's fine. And we all have to, because within our company, we have people that speak uh, different languages. Sometimes we do have to say things differently several times. And sometimes I have to share my screen and use Google to explain things. And it's not just because somebody's native language is something different. Literally, it might be because I'm 40 some years old and this person is 25. Just so they can understand it. Well, as you were talking, everyone that's watching or listening um, or both right now is thinking of that meme that's going around on social that's uh, referring to learning young people's slang and language today by watching TikTok, um, which is really a problem for me uh, because I don't even have TikTok. I have a baby and I just (laughs) cannot afford yet another time loss right in my day. But um, but certainly, you know, there is that that method and, and um, element of translation, as as you mentioned. Um, I want to end on a, on a fun note. You told me something a couple weeks ago that I loved and I want to bring it to the table. You said your daughter declared that she, quote, bleeds trucking and yes. you were floored by that. So tell us about your your <laughs> kids interest in trucking. Um, because she's not the only one interested in getting into our industry, right? So where does that, that interest come from? How do they view trucking as very young adults and teenagers? I think at first she tried to run away from it. I've been in it almost 14 years. She just turned 20. So I think at first it was like, oh, here we go again. And then with being around others that were in her age category and they kind of doing what she was doing in marketing and everybody sitting around talking about trucking and supply chain and she knew so much because she grew up in and she could speak the talk and everything she told um, Bryce that BCB Live and she said you know I bleed trucking and she just started talking about all the step decks and she was just talking about things. And I was like, okay, I've never said I've led trucking, but I was just so proud. But she is very proud when she sees the truck go down the road and she seems, uh, she just, she's just very proud of her industry. And she's also very proud of the marketing when she sees different companies do marketing. Um, She's on that side of the fence. So where I'll see a lot of sales things that draw my attention, she sees the marketing that different companies do when they're when they switch up things that I may not even notice. She sees that, so it it makes me very proud. So she that's what she's going to school for now. That's great. Um, I I shamelessly exploit my child as the future of the trucking industry. It yes. sounds like yours volunteered. Um, so all all the better and um, and best to, to you and to her, of course, on her on her growing journey. 
Um, you are very insightful. It was so fun to get to know you better. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And I'm looking forward to seeing you later this fall in Dallas at Accelerate. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thank you for joining me on another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Remember, you can submit questions or comments, including those that appear in an upcoming Deeper Dive segment at podcast at driverreach.com. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen or watch. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.